What's up? How are we doing tonight, Exchange? Man, so excited to be here. Hey, like Matt, like Pastor Mark said, wow, that's going to be annoying. Like Pastor Mark, that's going to be annoying. Like Pastor Mark said, uh, my name is Pastor Nate. Uh, my beautiful wife, where's she at? Where's she at? Right over here, my beautiful wife, Megan. Give it up for Megan. She puts up with me daily, um, so she deserves all the applause. Um, but here at Grace Emily Church, uh, me and Megan get to help lead um, some students here at our church, um, something that I get to be blessed with every single, uh, every single day. Um, but uh, I'm excited to be here with you guys. A couple of reasons. One, because of what God's been doing in the exchange, inside young adults' hearts, um, in the community of Tampa Bay. It has just been incredible to see. Um, you know, I love how what how is being able to do lead this ministry and now uh, Mark and Michelle getting to step in um, and just do some incredible things uh, God doing incredible things through them but I'm also excited to be here with you guys today because I get to say some stuff that I don't get to say to middle schoolers normally um, and so I'm really excited about that but a couple things that Mark didn't mention um, is I'm not just one of Mark's best friends I'm actually Mark's best friend um, self, self-proclaimed. Um, but also, uh, Mark and I are actually related. Um, and, uh, we're, we're, we're brothers, just so that you know. And before you call cap on that, let me explain what I'm talking about. You see, um, a few weekends ago, Mark, I, I went and I helped Mark, uh, and me and Mark went and moved his mom from one house to another. I know, servant's heart. Like, I'm just, I'm the best. Uh, just kidding. Uh, very, very humble. But Mark and I went and moved his mom. And I've done a lot of moves in my life. Like, a lot of moves in my life. Let me tell you. I, uh, went to 10 different schools before graduating high school, like we moved around, you're like, military family? No. Uh, my dad was a basketball coach, that makes zero sense, but that's what happened, all right? We moved around a lot. I've, I've thought about opening up my own moving company called One Man and No Truck, but I didn't think that was going to catch on or anything, so. Um, but I went and helped Mark move in his mom, and I've done a lot of hard moves, and this, ne- this definitely wasn't a hard move. Like, there was no heavy furniture, but it was a long move because she had a lot of stuff. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, has, has anyone, like, moved a lot? Like, the stuff is sometimes a lot harder than the heavy stuff, right? Like, just having a lot of stuff. And so we get there, and it's probably two, three hours into the move, and Mark walks in, and he's like, Mom, like, have you ever thought about having a, a yard sale? And you know that thing where, like, you try to say something, like, under your breath, so that the person, only the person in front of you hears. I'm not very good at that, okay? I'm not very good at that at all. And so when Mark says, Mom, have you ever tried uh, a yard sale? I go, or a bonfire. And um, that could have went one or two ways, but it was that moment where Mark's mom accepted me as her son. Like, she accepted me into the family, and I have never seen a lady laugh that hard in my life. Like, she absolutely loved the joke. It was a great time. Um, Don't ask me to move, uh, help you move, because I'm busy that day. I don't know what day it is, but I'm busy, all right? Um, But if you've ever moved, you know that there are always some stuff, some things that you just get rid of, right? Like, when you move, if you've ever moved before, who's here has just moved before? Like, there's always some stuff that you just get rid of or you leave behind. You realize that the old stuff isn't needed in the new place you're going, right? 
The old stuff isn't needed in the new place that you are going, that honestly, it would just take up space and that it would get in the way. It would take up space and that it would get in the way. And this is what I believe for all of us tonight. See, I believe that God is calling us to a new place. That God is calling us to a new place of new beginnings. A place where you will experience the love, the mercy, and goodness of God in all new ways. A place that will give you opportunities to be bold in your faith. A place where God will use you to do incredible things in your schools, in your workplace, and in the Tampa Bay area. That God is calling you to a new place. But while God is calling you to this new place, he's looking at things in every single one of our lives, and he's saying, yeah, but that thing, yeah, that can't come with. That thing, yeah, where I'm calling you to, there's no room for it. It's time tonight to leave behind some stuff in order to receive what God has for us. And honestly, this is why this series has been so good for so many of us. That it has helped us lay down sins and struggles in our lives so that we could pick up all the blessings that God has for us. You know, week one, Mark talked about comparison, how, how comparison is a sin and it's a trap, and we cannot get caught up in it. Week two, Taylor talked about fear and anxiety. Week three, Hal talked about sexual sin and pornography. Week four, shame and guilt by Chrissy. And then last week, Mark talked about how pride is really the root of all, all sin. And these are things that we need to lay behind. And let me encourage you with something that if you missed a night, or let's say you missed all of the nights, listen, go back and, and, and listen to them. You can go to uh, GFC The Exchange on Spotify or Apple Music if you're into that sort of thing. Um, I like Spotify. Um, Apple, no, come on. Come on, stop it. Um, but you can go to GFC The Exchange and listen to these messages because I believe that God really spoke through all of these speakers every single one of these weeks to help people in here, people in the Tampa Bay area, just get released from their sin and, and their struggles. But also, if you've, if you've moved before, you know what I talk about when, you say, when I say that you, there are some things that you just can't seem to leave behind, right? Like for me growing up, it was a piano. Um, I don't play the piano. Nobody in my family plays the piano. But we had this really freaking heavy piano that for some reason my mom wanted to move from one house to the other every single time. And I'm like, Mom, we don't play the piano. Yeah, but we can't get rid of this. I don't know why. That's just how moms work sometimes. But um, I know for, for, for many of us, you know, we have things in our lives that we've had it for so long that, it, that we just can't get rid of it. That yes, it, it takes up space, but you've had it for so long now that you just can't seem to leave it behind. And, and these are the things that I want to talk about tonight. Things that you just can't get rid of. Things by the name of, of habits. And when I say the word habits, I know right in your mind, you think of the negative habits, the bad habits that you have in your life, right? Like biting your nails, um, or uh, procrastination, um, going back to your ex, eating junk food, pornography, lying, cussing, excessive drinking. I mean, the list of bad habits goes on and on. But listen, uh, habits aren't bad. Bad habits are bad. 
But habits themselves, they're, they're great. I mean, I mean at least, they, at least they, they can be. You see, habits actually shape our lives. That I don't know if you knew this, but I did some research, and it surprised me that 40% of your actions are not conscious decisions, but they're habits. They're things that we do just because we, we've done them for so long. And I know that we've all heard that we are creatures of habit, but it's true. We, we are. We, we do what is comfortable, what is familiar. And if you think about it, our, our life is a large extent the sum of our habits, right? To a large extent, our life is a sum of all of our habits. And if that is true, then I believe that if you change your habits, then you change your life. That if you can change your habits, then you can change your life. But if our life is made up of habits, it doesn't do us any good just to look at our bad habits and try to attack them. But instead, we need to kill our habits by creating habits. You see, we need to kill our habits by actually creating other habits in our lives. Creating good habits that overshadow our bad habits. Um, and so tonight, what I want to do is I want to talk about three habits that you can create that will help your current bad habits begin to fade and also prevent you from creating new bad habits. Because don't listen, don't miss this for a second. Don't miss this. Because if you're not intentionally creating good habits, you'll unintentionally create bad habits. Listen, if you're not intentionally creating good habits, you will unintentionally create bad habits because we are creatures of habit. And so tonight, let's talk about these three habits. So I wanted to come in and be super practical with you guys so that you guys had something to take away and apply. Like, that is my heart. My heart is that it's not to—yes, I would love to inspire you. But more than anything, I want to give you action steps to take to make your life more like Jesus's. Like, that is why I'm here tonight. And so these habits that I want to talk about tonight, the first one is the one that I believe that we should all start with, and that's we need to make self-honesty a habit. That we need to make self-honesty a habit, and this is a vital habit to create in our lives. Because if we can't be honest with ourselves, then we will always be a slave to our sins and our struggles. How many of us in here, including myself, Listen, we constantly lie to ourselves. We constantly lie to ourselves. And worse, we believe lies that the enemy tells us. It's true. We believe lies that the enemy tells us. And, and who knows that the enemy is a liar? Like, listen, he is a liar. He really is. But he's not just this, like, casual liar. No, he is a liar with a, a battle plan. Like, the enemy is a liar with a battle plan. Look what it says in John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, The thief, the enemy, the liar, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He has a battle plan. He has a battle plan. He's wanting to steal your joy. He's wanting to kill your relationship. And he's wanting to destroy your future. He's attacking us every single day. He knows how to get to you. He's not this like cartoon character with little red thorns. No, he's, he has a battle plan 
And he has come to kill He's come to steal your joy, kill your relationships, and destroy your future. But, but Nate, um, I, have, I have Jesus. Great. Like, I, here's the thing. Greatest decision that you'll ever make is accepting Jesus into your life. I believe that. Greatest decision that you'll ever make is accepting Jesus into your life. But that doesn't exempt you from the enemy's lies and deception. It just doesn't. You see, when you accept Jesus into your life, what happens is that the enemy's battle plan, it just changes. Because the enemy knows that he no longer can keep you from heaven, but he can't keep you from living for heaven. And so what he does is he attacks you and he changes the plan because he's no longer trying to keep you from, from all uh, of what God's offering. He's no longer trying to, well he is, but he's no longer trying to keep you from heaven, from, from an eternal life. But instead, he's trying to get you to question your calling, your purpose, and the fact that you were made on purpose and for a purpose by our Lord and Savior. Like, he is trying to attack you with his lies and his deception. He knows. He knows. He's like, all right, like, yeah, God's got this, God's got this person's eternity, but I can have his now. God's got this person's eternity, but I can have her now. I can convince her, I can convince him to just throw everything away. There we go. Hey, hey. But you see, the enemy's the enemy's the enemy's battle plan. It, it just it just changes. It does. It, it changes, and we think that he's going to stop. But if if anything, he starts attacking us harder because he realizes that we have a, a an influence that God has given us. That he has put us around people that don't know him, and so if he can convince us that God would never want to use us, well then, ultimately, yes, Jesus has won the war, but he's winning the battle every single day. And he lies to us about our habits and our struggles with lies like, it, it's, it's honestly not even that bad. How many of us has told that, ourselves that lie before? That, you know what, the thing that you're struggling with, it's honestly, it's honestly not even that bad. Oh, oh, don't, don't worry. That will go away once you get married. That's not actually affecting you. And if it is affecting you, no one around you is actually getting affected by it. Or, or my favorite one, that, can it really, can it, is it really even a habit? Like, it has no control over you. Like, you could quit that anytime you wanted to. Like, it's these lies that, that keeps us where we, where we are instead of the places where God's wanting to take us. Like, like, it's time to get honest with yourself. Listen, stop allowing the enemy to steal your joy, kill your relationships, and destroy your future with his lives. And, and a good practice that I've started in my own life is that I have begun believing that my bad habits are going to end up ruining my life. I would love for you to join me on that journey. Um, that my bad habits are going to end up ruining my life because ultimately, that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to ruin my life. I have seen it countless of times. You have seen it countless of times. 
in your own parents' marriage, in your friends' lives, in your own life. That because when a red flag came up, you're like, ah, that's not really a habit. Ah, is that really causing any pain? Is that any, really, any causing any really problems in my life? Like, no one else is getting affected by it. And then it grows because we start believing these lies. But let me tell you, tonight, my encouragement to you is for you to do your future self, your future, your future marriage, your future kids a favor, and start being honest with yourself. So the first habit that we need, we need to create is making self-honesty a habit. The second is we need to make running from temptation a habit. We need to make running from temptation a habit. I, knew, I remember when I was a, a little kid, and my mom um, makes the greatest cookies ever. Like, and you're like, no, my mom, no, stop it. My mom makes the greatest cookies ever. Like these chocolate chip peanut butter cookies. Like you have me sold with peanut butter. Like that's all you need, but she puts chocolate chips in it and it's incredible. And I remember this one time, my mom, she was also a teacher and she made a whole batch of cookies for her class the next day. And then her and my dad went on a date and she's like, hey, don't touch these cookies. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, cool. I'm just playing Xbox. I'll, I won't touch the cookies. And then, um, you know, after I, I, I lost, I was like, huh. She said something about cookies, but she told me, I, I, yeah, I can't, I, can't, I can't eat them. But she never said about, you know, going and, and looking at them, right? And so I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to walk over. I'm going to look at these cookies to see if she, she put her best work in it. And I was like, oh, yeah, they look pretty good. All right. And I, I walked back. I walked away. And I was like, you know what? She also said nothing about smelling these cookies. I was like, let me, let me go back and, and, and smell, smell the cookies. And let me tell you, when I smelled the cookies, I, I don't remember what happened next. I was like 12 cookies deep. And I was like, I have made a bad decision. And I remember getting, my parents getting home, of course, got in trouble, got grounded. Uh, she had to make more cookies, bless her heart. But um, the moral of the story is that I would have never have made that decision if I would have just not gone around it, Right? Like, I couldn't have actually eaten 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 cookies if I hadn't actually went around the cookies in the first place. But instead, I went around the cookies, and I, I, fe I, I fell. Like, I, I gave into temptation. I wouldn't have failed, though, if I hadn't have put myself in a situation to fail. And somebody in here needs to hear that. Somebody in here needs to hear that because many of us are in a place where we are that, that we're in because we haven't set up the right boundaries or we haven't ran from temptation Right? We keep putting ourselves in a place where we are going to fail. And that's what Jesus means when he says in Matthew chapter 18, it says, if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter crippled or lame than to have two hands and two feet and be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. What this is saying is Jesus isn't saying, hey, you need to go rip your eyes down and cut your hands and cut your feet off. No, what he's saying is whatever is causing you to sin, get rid of it. Like just get rid of it. It's not worth it. It's not worth ruining your life over. Whatever is causing you to sin, just get rid of it. For an example, that if you have a problem with excessive drinking, stop going out. If you have a problem with pornography, listen, get apps. Like, go listen to Hal's message first, but then get apps like Covenant Eyes. Stop going to bed with your phone. 
If you keep being late to work, wake up earlier, stop getting coffee on your way to work. I get these texts from people like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm running late to a meeting, and they show up at Starbucks, and I'm like, well, they say it's because of traffic, and they show up to Starbucks, and I'm like, the Starbucks line doesn't count as traffic. It, it just doesn't. Like, I'm sorry, someone had to say it. It just doesn't count as traffic. I'm sorry. I love Starbucks, but I'll wake up 15 minutes before to, to go get it. Listen, if you keep getting back with your ex, delete and block his number or her number. Just, just, just do it. Like, or, or stop going places that you know they're going to be. And, and I know what you're thinking. Well, Nate, that, that all sounds pretty extreme. Yes, but so are the consequences of sin. So are the consequences of sin. We have to do the extreme so that we don't receive the extreme. But, but, what, but what if there's no way to say no? What if, like, what if I'm tempted and, and there's no way out of the temptation? Listen, there's always a way out because it's a promise made by God himself. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. So the excuse of like, well, you just don't understand. Somebody does. There's no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. There is always an escape. There is always an escape. And most times, it's easy to find. Like most times, it is easy to find the escape. God doesn't want you to fall into sin already, so obviously he's not going to make it hard to see that there's a way out of this sin. But just because it's easy to find doesn't mean it's easy to choose, and I know that. I know that. I mean, it's, it's really what, what Mark talked about before, like talked about pride. Like what pride is, is I would rather, like, there, and, and here, I'll be the first to say it. I'm very prideful sometimes. But what pride is, is, is me saying I would rather please myself than please God. And that is many times the easiest decision to make. And so, yes, it is not easy to choose, which is why this next habit that we create in our lives, it is the most important. It is the most important that I'll talk about. And we need to make getting help a habit. We need to make getting help a, a habit. You see, one of the biggest lies that Satan tries to feed you is that you are all alone. That you're all alone. That your problems are, are yours to deal with, that you don't need help, and that you can figure it out by yourself if you try really hard. And that is a very dangerous place to be. It is a very dangerous place to be. A place that I've been, where I'm like, man, I gotta keep this to myself. Like, nobody's gonna understand. There's not gonna be grace. There's not gonna be forgiveness. There's not gonna be any mercy. I have to keep it in. And that is a lie that Satan wants to, to feed you so that you stay where you're at. But we need to understand that isolation— is never God's plan for your life. Isolation is, is never God's plan for your life. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, it says, two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. If one falls, the other can help him up. But it is bad for the person who is alone and false because no one is there to help. You understand that? If we don't have community, if we don't have somebody around us to pick us up, there's a good chance that we're going to stay down. 
And my question to you tonight, and please don't answer out loud. Um, if you fell, if you made a mistake, who is the person that you would go to? Who is the person that you would go to? Who is the person that you would lean on? And let me tell you, Exchange, this is why I am so thankful for your pastor. Because your pastor, Pastor Mark, is, is that person for me. That I know if I have a struggle, that if I know that I have messed up, he is the person that I'm going to go to. You need a person. And I'm not saying go into Target and, and just start spilling everything on one of the cashiers. I'm saying, like, no, find somebody that you, that you trust, that is like-minded, that not only wants their best for you, but wants God's best for you, because there's a big difference. Find somebody that if you fell, you could go to. That if you fell, you could go to. Listen, we, we are all in this together. Like, yes, the Bible talks about your faith as a race, but it's your own race to run. You're not running against somebody else. We are all running our own races, but we all need help to run our own races. And I know that fear and pride can easily creep in. And oftentimes we are worried about what others will think of us, and for some reason we feel this pressure many times to be perfect or act like we are. Um, and I think this is going to be helpful for many people. Uh, raise your hand in here if you have issues, and I'll be the first to raise my hand. Raise your hand. Keep it up if you, if you, if you have struggles in your life. Just look around. Listen, we're all in this together. Nobody expects you to be perfect. Nobody expects you to perfect. Please don't expect me to be perfect. Listen, we all, we all need help. And I, and I feel like there is this misunderstanding in Christians today that you shouldn't have struggles because you have Jesus. But this thought isn't found anywhere in the Bible. It isn't found anywhere in the Bible. And there's a story in the Bible, and this is, this is where I'm going to end, don't worry. There's a story in the Bible of a friend of Jesus named Lazarus, right? Lazarus got sick, and Lazarus died. And so Lazarus's um, sister came running to Jesus and was like, hey, we need your help. And so Jesus came um, to Lazarus's tomb where he had been buried. And Lazarus at this point was dead for three days. And Lazarus, or Jesus walked up to the, the tomb where Lazarus is, is, is at, and he said, all right, hey, remove the stone. And they're like, uh, Jesus, he's been dead for three days. It's going to stink really bad. And he's like, bruh, I'm Jesus. Move the stone. And so they, they move the stone, right? They move the stone. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. And when he had said this, this isn't going to be up here, but listen, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, not him, Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. You see, what Jesus does in the story is Jesus does the impossible. It is only Jesus who can raise the dead to life. It is only Jesus who can pull people out of darkness and into the light. It is Jesus where salvation is found. It is Jesus the one who can do miracles, right? 
But after Jesus does the remarkable, look what he does. He looks at Lazarus, who is tied up in his grave clothes, the very thing that represents his past, and he doesn't tell Lazarus to untangle himself, but instead he looks at those around Lazarus and tells them to untangle him. You see what's happening here? Jesus does the amazing. Jesus does the remarkable. But it is the people around Lazarus who unravels him from his past. It is people around Lazarus. It is Lazarus's community where Lazarus gets freed from the very things that represent his, his past life, represent him being dead. Listen, all of us, whether we know Jesus or not, we are tangled up in sin. We are tangled up in bad habits and sin struggles, and we need help from those around us. Jesus isn't looking at you and saying, hey, you need to work really, really, really hard. No. Jesus is saying, you need to get a community. You need to get help. Listen, being vulnerable isn't a weakness. Being, being, being vulnerable is actually a sign of strength. It's showing that, hey, I have this humility about myself to realize that I'm not strong enough to entangle myself from the sin that I'm struggling with. Jesus is looking at you in this moment and he's saying, listen, God has placed people in your lives. God has placed pastors, small group leaders, therapists, counselors, godly friends in your life to help you with the things that you're struggling with. Listen, Jesus, in the, in the power of Jesus, Jesus, only in the power of Jesus, can your chains be broken. But you need other people in your life to help you take those chains off. Listen, I have seen so many people ruin their lives with their bad habits. I have seen so many people ruin their lives with bad habits and that's why there needs to be an urgency in here tonight. There needs to be an urgency to break free of the things, whether you want to call it a habit or not, a red flag. Listen, stop it now. Because it's a lot harder to stop it later. We need to get honest with ourselves. We need to set boundaries. We need to run from temptation. We need to get help. But listen, this message, it means nothing without Jesus. It really does. Without the power of Jesus in our lives, we don't stand a chance. Like, trying to do it ourselves is like jumping on a treadmill here and trying to run to Raymond James Stadium. It's true. You're going to work really hard, but you ain't going nowhere. And if this is a new concept for you, if someone just brought you tonight and you're like, I don't even know what that means. What it means is that when God created the world, he made everything perfect. And you're like, what happened? Well, let me tell you. Um, he made everything perfect. He made Adam and Eve, the first humans, and they, worked, they walked perfectly with God. They walked in relationship with God. And then they did the one thing that God told them not to do.
and through what we call sin, the mistake, brought all death and brought all destruction, disease. Everything bad that you see is actually a result of sin. But worse than anything is that it, it built this separation between us and God. But because God is a God of relationship, what he did is he sent his one and only son, Jesus, down from heaven to earth to live a, a perfect, sinless life to then lay down his life for you and I. Because it is only by his blood that we are saved. It is only by his perfect blood that our sin can be washed away. And then three days later, he rose again to defeat all death and all shame. And God's offering you that love today. Because what he says is, all you need to do, it's like a free gift. All you have to do is be willing to accept my love. I'm offering it to you, just reach out and accept it. And watch his perfect mercy, grace, and love just totally transform your life. Listen, what's great about this message is that I gave you practical steps, right? But many of you, you might leave here discouraged because you're like, man, that's, that's, a lot, that's a lot of work. But let me encourage you with something. Listen, God isn't, God isn't asking you to be strong enough. He's asking you to allow him to be. He's not asking you to be strong enough. He's asking you to allow him to be. The first step is accepting Jesus into our life. And so I want to give everyone just that opportunity tonight. If you would, just bow your head, close your eyes. Listen, if that's something that you want to, you want to start tonight, that you're tired of, of the struggles in your life, if you're ready to accept a love that will never leave you, just repeat this prayer after me. You're not repeating it to me. You're repeating it to God. But say, God, I know I've messed up. God, I know I've made mistakes. But God, I want your love. God, thank you for the sacrifice that you made by sending your son to die a death that he didn't deserve so that I could live a life that I don't deserve. I'm turning from my sin. I'm looking to the cross and I'm accepting you into my life. Hey, with every head bowed, eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer with me, would you just, just make eye contact with me? It's all around the room. That is the greatest decision that you can make. And we want to follow up with you. We want to encourage you. And there's a number that you can text. Actually, just come, come talk to one of uh, either me, Pastor Mark, or your small group leader. Get connected in a small group. Um, but everyone look up at me real quick. Listen, if you need help, and we all do, 
If you need help, if you need resources, if you're like, hey, I can't do this by myself, I hope that's what you're saying. Listen, there's going to be a QR code. Can we see the QR code? Is it up there? There it is. You can scan it now. It's going to be up there for a little bit. Um, This is just the resources that we want to offer you. Um, Because we're serious about this. We exist for you. God, thank you so much. Thank you for um, just the young adults in this room, God, that their commitment to you, their commitment to come, the commitment to themselves, that, God, they want to look more like you. God, we thank you for Pastor Mark and Michelle and their hearts to, to lead. God, just out of, out of humility, giving you all of the glory. And God, we pray tonight that this wouldn't be just another message that we just leave and we, we go home, but, but God, we, we have action steps to take. God, so I pray that you would give us the boldness and the courage to take them. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.